Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. I've titled today's message, and it'll carry into, uh, for a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks, strut your stuff. Turn to somebody and tell them, strut your stuff. We're going to the book of Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And I want to thank my dear friend and brother, Don Hexamer, for what you're about to hear. I asked my doctor today how long he thinks this COVID thing will last. He responded, how should I know? I'm a doctor, not a politician. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Don. If you've uh, ever been exposed or been a part of Uh, exposed to or been a part of uh, the evangelical persuasion, their belief system and their denomination, you've more than likely heard of the Roman road. Anybody, who's heard of the Roman road? All right. The Roman road is a way to lead people to Jesus by using verses of scripture from Romans. It's actually quite good. And it's something like this. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All right, so they, they bring that verse so that we all know we're in trouble. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's an exception to that rule. All have sinned and fall short or come short of the glory of God. And then Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Right? So that's the end of sin is death. It ends in death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then they take you to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's good news, isn't it? Then Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised you from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Um, On our trip this past week to Birmingham, Alabama, we took some of our staff to a church conference called Grow Leader uh, with a great church out there called Church of the Highlands. And, uh, but on our way there, uh, along with us, I saw several billboards that had, uh, you remember those, those wooden blocks with the letters on them that you, you probably had as a kid? And uh, they had three blocks on top of it, you know, stacked up and it, on the left side of the billboard, it said ABC, and then it said, you know, um, the world is growing darker every day, but God offers hope through salvation. It's as easy as ABC, admit you're a sinner, believe Jesus is Lord, and call on his name. Nice and simple. But I'm not here to talk about all that. I'm here to talk to you today about the Roman walk, the Roman walk. Um, there are four times in the book of Romans where the Apostle Paul uses the word walk. Actually, there's five, but Two of them are so uh, closely connected, these two verses, that he's really talking about the same thing. So there are four uh, specific steps that we're going to walk through. As I said, it's not going to be all today, but uh, let's get to the first one. You ready? Our first step in this walk is found in Romans chapter 4, verse 12, and it says, And the father of circumcision to those, and speaking of Abraham here, uh, of circumcision to those who do not who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. Paul is drawing a a parallel and a contrast here between two monumental events 
in Abraham's life. Uh, now, is it okay if I explain some things to you today? No, I, I really love to illustrate uh, and, and give stories and, and examples to help, you know, uh, clear the word and help you understand it. But can I explain some things today? Is it okay if I, if I teach a little bit, if we get a little bit theological? I don't want to scare you off. Theology isn't, isn't a cuss word. <laughs> uh, but it, it is important that we understand this because I want to explain in, in this what the New Testament really is about when it talks about Abraham and why he is the father of the Gentiles, uh, and the Jews as well. He's the father of all of our faith. And so we need to learn who this man is because we are connected to him in this way. Um, earlier in this chapter, Paul makes it very clear, especially in verse 5, in Romans chapter 4 and verse 5, I think I told, or yes, it says, but to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. All right. Now, I'm going to sum this up by saying what Paul is saying here. Faith without works is righteousness. But you're used to hearing the other verse. Faith without works is... Right? But Paul teaches us here, let's bring up Romans 4, 5 again. Look at this. But to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is accounted for righteousness. So faith, apart from works, without works, is righteousness. Now, there's a couple other places, Romans 3.28, where he kind of says the same thing. He says, therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law, or apart from good deeds. Romans chapter 10 and verse 4, he says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So um, if you're taking notes, uh, I want to just give you a couple more scriptures to jot down uh, for your own reading. Uh, Galatians 2.16 and Philippians 3.9. Now, there's several other places. I just don't have time to go through all of them. But Galatians 2.16 and Philippians 3.9, it really couldn't be clearer this message of faith without works is righteousness, but for some reason, I don't know about you, but for a long time I kept hearing faith without works is dead. That's all I'd ever know. That's all I'd ever know. Uh, and, and because of a couple of verses in the book of James where he points this out, where he says those words, faith without works is dead. So how can we reconcile these things then? Because it's important. Paul says faith without works is righteousness. James says faith without works is dead. So what's the deal here? And, and let me just say this. You can't reconcile it. Theologians are still trying to reconcile this, and it cannot be reconciled. Listen to what James says in James 2, 20 and 21. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar. Now, you know that story where God instructed Abraham, he tested his faith and told him to take his only son up there and offer him up as a burnt sacrifice on whatever mountain he would tell him, which we know today as Mount Moriah. That happened in the book of Genesis chapter 22 is where that happened. So Paul says, though, that Abraham was justified several chapters earlier in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. It says, and he believed in the Lord, and the Lord accounted it to him for righteousness. 
right? But there's something monumental that happened between chapter 15, where Abraham believes on the Lord, and 22, where he offers up his, willingly offers up his son. Uh, he was willing to offer up his son for the Lord, and where James says he was justified by that work. So, was Abraham justified when he believed that promise of God, or was he justified when he offered up Isaac? Yes, is the answer. <laughs> to both things. Both are true. Uh, the great reformer Martin Luther, who I love and admire and thank God for his revelation of the just shall live by faith. And, uh, and that, that, that revival is still going on today. But he had an issue with this. As a matter of fact, he just concluded that the book of James was not inspired and he tore it out of his Bible. But like I said, something monumental happened. And it happened in Genesis chapter 17 where God tells Abraham, between where he believed in the Lord and where he offered up Isaac, God comes to Abraham and he says, I'm going to make a covenant between me and you. All right? And my part in this deal, Abraham... At the time, his name was Abram. He said, my part in this deal is I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham so that you can start to see this. You need to get this promise in your mouth. Your, no, your name will no longer just be father. Now you are father of nations. Right? That's what Abraham means. Or father of the world, as, as Paul pretty much summed it up. Your part. Oh, and I'm giving land, the land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession. And this covenant is an everlasting covenant. So, um, but he says, Abraham, your responsibility in this deal, in this covenant, is that you and all the males in your house after you, whether they're born in your house or whether they work for you, must be circumcised. Now, we know, that's, that's how I know that a man didn't make this up. Because no man is going to take a knife to himself in that way to offer up some kind of allegiance to God. Now, he might cut off a finger or a piece of his ear, but uh, he's, he's not going to cut off the other stuff. I was listening to, anybody know who Jim Gaffigan is? A comedian, he's fantastic. He was talking about this. He says, how did, how did Abraham even tell Sarah? Maybe he didn't have to. Maybe he just... Stepped out of the shower and she said, what have you done? <laughs> I can explain, sweetheart. God told me to do this. Well, if God told you to sacrifice our son on a mountain, well, actually, we need to talk about that. <laughs> this is how we know Abraham didn't just think this up by himself because no man would think that up. Are you hearing me? As my dad used to say, now a woman might have thought that up. <laughs> <laughs> but not a man. Uh, no, I, I, well, and not, not only that, but also, how are you going to recruit other guys? Hmm? The fact that they bought into it, they believed it was God. And it was God. Only God come up with that. And so, and they're still doing it to this day. Still circumcising their baby boys. Now, he became the first covenant man Abraham did. Now, they weren't called Jews for a long time after, but he, in essence, really is the first Jew, and that's what separated them from the rest of the world. And I'm telling you all this so that you can see from Romans chapter 4, verse 12, that as an uncircumcised man, 
He was justified purely by faith. Now, see, that's where we're all, that's all of our story. Because we're Gentiles. Listen, you might be, uh, I'm just going to talk to you. You might have been circumcised, or, or if you have a, a, a son, you had him circumcised. But let me just say this to, to a Jew, he ain't circumcised. Because they have a ceremonial circumcision where uh, an actual bona fide rabbi comes in. And it's, an, it's a whole thing. If you got circumcised by your doctor, that is still uncircumcision to the Jew. All right? So just, just know that. We're all heathens. But this is where Abraham found favor with God and became righteous while he was like us. That's why we need to know him so that we can know how we are made righteous. And it's by faith in him. I love this. And so James, if you open up the book of James, it says, to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Now things start to make sense. James is writing to Jews. He's not writing to yous. He's writing to Jews. To the 12 tribes scattered abroad. So, and, that's a ju- and, and that's where he says, faith without works is dead. Well, that's a kind of justification that I don't really understand. And thank Jesus, I don't have to understand that justification because that's not my justification. But Abraham became the father of all of us in this way. Isn't this powerful? But it's important that you know how you became, what, what your, your place is in this lineage of Abraham. Otherwise, you'll be trying to live like somebody you're not supposed to live like. You'll be trying to abide by certain rules and regulations that aren't for you. Our first step is to walk in faith or to walk by faith. We walk in the steps of our father Abraham. So what does that mean? mean? Abraham walked by faith for a very specific thing. God promised him that he would have a son. And from that son would be multiplied descendants. And they would be blessed. And and families would come from him. right? And they would be as abundant as the stars in the heavens. Now that can't just mean uh, the Jewish people. As the, uh, multi, uh, in multitude as the stars in heaven because, because uh, they make up, what did I tell you? Two-tenths of one percent of the world population. So there has to be more than, more than just the Israelites, right? It has to be all of us as the stars of heaven. Christians number close to three billion on planet earth today. Do you know it is still today the fastest growing religion and more specifically, it's rapidly growing among the, among the Muslim nations. They're coming to Christ by the droves. It's extraordinary. Sometimes you'll, we walk by faith. Sometimes you're going to hear reports that run against you. You'll face troubles that seem daunting, seem overwhelming, where you can't really see a solution in that moment. You may very well experience situations in, in life that are, Contrary to what God has said, welcome to the planet, right? God, but here's the thing. God said that really ought to settle the issue for us. Whatever he says, whatever he has promised. Don't, don't look for circumstances to excuse you from walking by faith because you'll have those circumstances, right? Jesus said in the world, you will have trouble. When Peter called out to Jesus from, from the boat, remember Jesus comes walking on the water to, toward them in that night, that stormy night, and he's, <laughs> I love what Jesus says. Don't be afraid, it's me. Could you give us a little bit more reassurance than that? Don't be afraid, it's me. 
He didn't even say his name. He just said, it's me. And, and, and of course, it's dark, and there's, there's wind and waves. I can imagine that their, their view was sullied by all of this. And so it was hard. To, and then Peter calls out, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come out on the water to you. That's a weird test. Lord, if it is you, get in the boat with us, I would say. What if it wasn't? <laughs> Peter, you're risking a lot here. If it is you, tell me to come out on the water with you. Now, Peter did not say, I want you to notice what he did not say. Lord, you can do anything. You can make me walk on the water. You're able to do anything. If you would just look down on me, I'm, I'm begging you. No, no, no. He said, if it's you, give me a word. Give me a word. Now, Peter did get out of the boat, and he did walk on the water, but really what he was walking on was the word when Jesus said, come. You need a word from God for your situation, and there is a word for every aspect of your life. You need a word for, uh, from God for in the midst of your trouble. Uh, I don't know what you're facing right now, but I do know Whatever it is, you can stand on and you can walk on that living word right now. You know why? Because his word never fails. Your, your troubles have an end, but his word never fails. Hmm? His word never gives up. His word is that which will sustain you. His word will establish your footsteps even in the midst of your adversity. Believe that his word is your word. Own it. Make it yours. Make his word your word by saying it with your mouth. Hmm? Saying it with your mouth. This is how we walk by faith. The more you hear the word of God and you believe the word of God and you speak the word of God, the more convinced you will become of its power and its reality. Yeah. Amen. Because what you see with your natural eyes then will no longer determine how you walk. But by faith you have found and will find a new way to see and to walk. Walk by faith. Strut your stuff, Christian. And secondly, our second step in this walk is found in Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So we walk in the steps of our father Abraham, which, was, which is we walk by faith, and this teaches us that we walk in newness of life. Now through water baptism, this is where you bury the old you, the old nature, right? You were crucified with Christ, and now uh, the old things are gone. The old nature is dead. What do you do with dead people? You bury them. You got to bury the old nature, and that's how that's what happens. I believe that water baptism is is not just symbolic; it is a burial. I believe that there is something being washed away from you, and and you rise. The Bible says in newness, and we should we can walk in newness of life. That's good. Now, now it does not say that baptism is how you're born again, because you're born again by faith in Jesus, but it is how you have the ability to walk in newness. I don't think that you have to be baptized to go to heaven, but I do believe it's extremely important for your walk here on the earth. Our, uh, one of our members, Josh, what is Josh's last name? Our Marine? Quintero, yeah, sorry. Thank you. you should know, you're his girlfriend. 
Josh, the tall, slender kid, when he left here, and then he came back here after going through basic training, and I was like, his shoulders are all square. He's got muscles looking me right in the eyes, you know. I'm like, what happened to you? It's interesting how the, this training, in this training, a lot of it has to do with same thing every day at the same time. Same thing every day at the same time. They eat every day at the exact same time. Right? They get up at the exact same time. They train. They exercise. They do all kinds of stuff. The barrel of the old you means that your potential for new things is unhindered by your past. It's a walk. So how do you then exercise this newness in your life? It's pretty simple, Christian, but it's got to be a daily thing. It's the daily thing. Transformation happens in the daily thing, in the daily doing of living for God. All right? Can I just take you to the basics? Read your Bible. Hmm? Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Learned that song when I was in Sunday school, right? It's true. Read your Bible. Have a non-negotiable daily time in the Word of God. Don't let things distract you from that. This is how you live and walk in newness. How about hang out with new things? If you're hanging around other believers, you're hanging around newness. Hmm? This is the right place. Hey, you, you check this one off your box today. You're hanging out with newness here today, all right? You came to church and be in church and be in fellowship with other people, all right? We're not perfect people uh, in, in one sense, but we are in the Spirit through the Lord Jesus Christ. But we're all walking this thing out by faith. But we experience newness in a greater way when we do this together. New thoughts. New thoughts. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, you can think new thoughts. You can, you can and have the responsibility to change how you think. Paul said, whatever things are true, think on those things. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely. He gives us a whole list in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Uh, whatever th I like this one. It says, whatever things are of a good report. How easy to, is it us to find, to hear some negative news and to just go tell everybody about it? Right? You, you turn on the news or whatever, read some feed on the news, and then you've got something to say that will bring everybody down, right? That'll just spread negativity. Listen, whatever things are of a good report, I like this. This is what it means. In the Greek of a good report, it means speaking words conducive to success or favor. So your thoughts are going to follow what you're saying, is what, I, is what it's saying. Hmm? Speaking words conducive to success or favor. Expectation that good things really are ahead of you. Amen. And anything that's worthy of praise, it says. Anything praiseworthy, think on those things. Meditate on those things. Praying in your own language too. Pray. Give these things to the Lord. Let your requests be made known to God. But also pray in the Spirit. Amen. Because He prays better than we do. A lot better. And before too long, these new ways... Or your regular way of life. And here's what's interesting. People will notice your growth. They'll see it. And comment on it. But that's not why we're doing it. We're here to please the Lord. And this walking in newness of life. 
means that you have an intentional heart set on him, an intentional heart set on his word and upon what's important to him. Jesus loves his church. Hmm? I, I've heard people say through the years, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. I'm like, you can't, can't do that because Jesus loves his church. If you don't love what he loves, how can you really love him? Amen. I know I'm preaching to the choir, the Darien choir. This walk is a process. We don't fly by faith. We don't drive by faith. We don't transport by faith. We walk by faith. But it is a walk of victory to those who will dare trot its path. Father, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for all of these precious souls that are in this room with us right now. And I pray, God, <clears throat> that they would be encouraged today, that they would be inspired and strengthened in you. That they, Lord, would hold on to hope. Whatever difficulties, whatever things they're facing. Lord, I thank you right now that you are a very present help in times of trouble. And with you, all things are possible. Maybe they can't see a way out or through, but you are the way. And I thank you, Lord, for healing hearts, for healing bodies here in this room. You laid it all on the altar for us. You went through the ultimate sacrifice. Your body was broken, your blood was shed, and you died for our sins. But praise God, you rose from the dead, ensuring that all of us can have everlasting life, all who believe on you. And if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, you don't have a relationship with God, it's as simple as this moment right here. Say, Lord, I believe. I believe you died for my sins. And I believe that you rose again. Come and live in me. I confess Jesus as Lord of my life today. And be with me in this walk. Teach me in this walk of faith. I don't want the old things. I want the new things. Or maybe you're here and you're away from God. You know him, but you've not been walking how you know to walk. And you feel him calling you back today. Come back to him. He loves you. His arms are open to you. He is not here to judge you. Jesus was judged for you. So just turn to him and say, Father, I, I commit myself to you again. And I thank you for a new start. I thank you for new mercies. And the old things are gone and the new things have come. We bless you, Lord. We bless you today. Thank you that every good thing in our life comes from you. And for that, we are certainly grateful in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you and make his face shine upon you and all of your house and be gracious to you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.